0: You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Storey and Jacob Morrison.
1: The time has come for America to hear the truth.
2: We are going to stand with them, and not only are we going to fight for their rights, but we're going to stand up for our rights here in our state, in our homes, and in our community. one, day longer, one, day stronger, one day longer. Labor's rights in the United States of America is not going to be decided in the courts. It's not going to be decided in Congress. It's not going to be decided on talk radio, and it's sure it is not going to be decided on Fox News. Solidarity.
0: is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host and fellow agitator, David Story. It is Saturday, November 28th, 2020, and we are broadcasting live online and on the radio on WVNN in the Huntsville, Decatur, Athens listening area from Athens, Alabama. A recording of the program will play tomorrow, Sunday, November 29th, 2020, on the great WGOL in Russellville, Alabama. And today is Open Line Saturday, folks. We are running the whole show commercial-free courtesy of the Alabama AFL-CIO. And we are taking your calls, your questions about unions. one 494 9866 is the number. That 494 1-866-494-WVNN. So give us a call. Ask us anything. We are, uh, we, that, that's the show today. We're taking your calls. Uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. If you want to see what we're up to throughout the week, get our snide quips about the news of the day, then you should follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, at Facebook.com slash the Valley Labor Report. We're on Twitter at Labor I'm on Twitter at Jacob M underscore A L. David is on Twitter at Radical Unionist. That is spelled R-A-D-I-C-L Unionist. If you missed part of the show and where well, you want to go back and watch it later, you can search YouTube for The Valley Labor Report and subscribe to our channel. You can go back and watch the full show there. And we clip segments throughout the week and upload them. So constant, constant stream of content. And insanity. Constant. Stream of content over there. And we, we also a, we got a website. We do have a website. We upload the program on more than eleven different podcasting apps. So to see if we are on your listening platform of choice, go to thevalleylaborreport.transistor.fm/slash subscribe or go to our website thevalleylaborreport.org. Finally. If you appreciate our work and you want to help us stay on the air, consider throwing us a couple dollars a month on Patreon.com slash The Valley Labor Report. That really helps us. The first 17 uh, patrons that we had... Uh, uh, back in August, we ordered a bunch of hats. We're giving those out for free now. So, if you were one of our first 17 patrons, if you were a patron to the show before uh, before August the 22nd, DM our page and give me your address because I have your free valley labor report hat i just need your address to send it to you we've also got stickers we'll be sending those out for free as well if you were not a patron of the show before august 22nd again dm the page and i will send you a form to fill out we're going to be taking pre-orders for more hats we're gonna be ordering some more hats, and you'll get a free sticker with every any hat that you buy. Uh, I think they're good. They're local union made hats right here in Alabama by a union print shop. They're good. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. You you gotta you gotta get it. It's a good hat.
3: And maybe we've got some shirt. Oh yeah, maybe we got some shirts coming online as well. Potentially. Potentially.
0: Potentially.
3: Potentially. you want to jump to a call right off the bat? We got got a call right off the bat. All right. Jason on the line. Good morning, Jason. How are you, brother?
4: Oh, I'm good. How are you?
3: Good, good. Thanks for calling in.
4: Yes, I have just a question. Um, When it comes to unions, a lot of them are just craft unions, and I see that as a problem because if you divide – the unions up into different crafts instead of letting them work as like one big industrial union. It seems like you're dividing up your power. Um, why is that?
3: This, it's a, there's a long history and and trade. What you're calling craft unions, what I call trade unions, and then mm-hmm. industrial unions. Uh, it. it it's, it goes back to the late 1800s, early 1900s with the AFL and the CIO and Gompers, uh, and I won't go into a whole bunch of labor history, but early, early on in the labor movement, the, the trade unions or craft unions was put in place uh, mainly for bargaining rights, uh, but also a lot f- to protect... Those workers in those trades, they wanted, uh, you know, and and the ugly, the ugly part of it is in a lot of in a lot of cases early in the 1900s they didn't include uh, a lot of the immigrants, they didn't include uh, a lot of the mi- or any of the minorities. It was pretty much just white men. They didn't include females, but it was a way to
0: protect their trade. And they it's wanted just to kind kinda, of they want, out of that. Yeah, they they wanted to kind of uh, 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 in the beginning they wanted to kind of keep some of these trades. Um, skilled they wanted yeah, it to totally be considered skilled. skilled and so if you if you let and so um, in, in a sense even some of these unions in their beginning they didn't even even so much uh, work as advocates of the working class they worked as kind of gatekeepers in their trades and so obviously they these op, these unions even even the ones that go by the same names as as those that started that way they don't operate that way anymore. Um, but one but, thing
3: to keep in mind is, you know, in the in the push towards syndicalism, or uh, you know, especially in my case, what I what I'm always advocating for is uh, worker empowerment and workers owning the means of their production. Those trade unions still can play a tremendous role in taking over a lot of the uh, a lot of that hierarchical uh company owned type mentality. You know, they they still own, you know, they, they do a lot they go a long ways in, in owning what they produce. So and and also to your point, you know, as far as you think it's divided, and in a way it kinda is divided, but that's where the AFL CIO mm-hmm. comes in and puts yeah. a broader umbrella, you know, with like IBW five five eight or like the iron workers that support us monthly. Uh, they're coming out and uh, helping us, you know, as far as supporting the show. But uh, you know, on a broader labor movement aspect, they are they are supporting uh, the machinists. They're supporting mm-hmm. AFGE. Uh, we're having a call with IATSE uh, mm-hmm. and one of the local uh, politicians,
0: the city councilman, mm-hmm. coming up, and they'll be involved in that. So yeah, you can kind of you can kind of. Um Uh, ameliorate some of the issues that, that you would have by you know like you said dividing them dividing workers into their trades or whatever instead of organizing industrially industrially you can kind of ameliorate some of those concerns by you know being good participants in the labor movement locally, and it, you don't even have to be a member. You, you don't even have to be uh, uh, affiliated with AFL CIO to good, do a good job of that. Yeah. David, you mentioned yesterday or or Thursday it was that the Teamsters Local 402 is who represents UPS drivers yeah, here yeah. in North Alabama, and they refused to cross your picket line in 2018 when the machinists went on strike at ULA. And so, see that they're not even in the same industry, but they are. Uh, you know, they're
3: th- there's the a there's
0: good solidarity there and and so you know it doesn't even necessarily uh you know I think organizing industrially has more advantages than organizing by trade but even organizing by trade it doesn't it, it doesn't necessarily hurt you that bad as long as you've got like good good folks there you know good 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 people that are organ, that, that 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 have that ethic of solidarity and you see like uh for for example
3: IBW even though they're considered a craft or trade union, they go out and organize it, industrial as well. There's several people mm-hmm. on the arsenal that are contracted uh, or mm-hmm. that are represented by IBW that are not necessarily right. electricians. I know one of the groups is a female group of, uh, I think, uh, some uh, clerical or office type workers. So, have you got any other questions, Jason? Or was-
4: um, yes. I am
3: a member of the
4: National Letter Carriers Association. Yeah. And I I called in uh, last week about the worker Mm co-ops because I've been thinking more about worker ownership. And the crazy idea that I've had just working at the post office is I see these. our unions are divided up between the American Postal Workers Union, the National Association of Letter Carriers, the National Postal Mail Handlers.
3: There's
0: a rural... And I think that rural is... Carriers, like, rural carriers like My well.
4: crazy idea would be... Sorry?
0: There, there, there's, there's rural carriers as well. There's a...
4: Oh, yes. There, there's rural carriers as well. That I would like to see all those unions combine into one and then, you know, when they talk about selling
0: the post office,
4: mm-hmm. sell it to the union. Yeah. Is that even something <laughs> yeah, possible? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, theoretically, I mean, I guess that, that would be something. But, you know, I mean, they're, they're, uh, even some of these unions, even as divided as the postal worker unions are, they're still conglomerations of, like the APWU, I, I think, is a formation of two or three unions uh, that, that had existed prior. Yeah. Um, And I think the same thing goes with the letter carriers as well. So, you know, that that is the trend, is the merger of existing unions um, into bigger unions. I I think it would be good. Yeah, It streamlines Um, a lot of the administration
3: processes and cuts costs for everybody across mm -hmm. the board. You know, we took, the machinists took in uh, and the National Federation of uh, Federal Mm -hmm. Employees Mm -hmm. a few years ago to help them out, but your point to to your point about <laughs> purchasing, you know the 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 means of production. I think that's brilliant, and I think that's something that all workers need to be, uh, be considering moving forward. You know, just last week, Jacob and I was talking about a uh, cooperative restaurant, starting a cooperative restaurant in the area to where the, all the workers are share ownership, and and I think mm-hmm. that's something everybody needs to be considering. Uh, yeah. It's the only way we're ever going to uh, make any gains, because I mean, I recognize as far as union workers go, you probably make pretty good money as a letter carrier, but uh, you're you're very limited in what say you have on the job, mm. as 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 we mm. are as well, mm. you know, to to an extent <clears throat> uh, that you're not that you're you're simply one worker and not
0: a co-owner of that mm. of that. So yeah. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I I think we both. Uh- we're, we're both very much in favor and if you didn't hear it on the show we did we did answer that show it, it got late later later in the show that we <laughs> answered it but but we did answer that and if you didn't catch that we you can uh, go back and and see that on on the on the YouTube um, but uh, but I think you know I think that worker ownership is is uh, is is very good right. I think it's very important and and to you know those could be some conversations that you start having in your union Um. Potentially, and uh, and as we as we let you go, um, make sure that uh, m- make sure that your folks uh, make sure that your folks in the letter carriers union make sure they know that the labor council meeting the next labor council meeting is going to be on the seventh. Uh, they were uh, I've been we've been talking to your president and your political coordinator, uh, and they've they have been wanting to. Um, They've been looking towards affiliation with the Labor Council locally, so uh, make sure you push them on that. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. Jason, thanks for the calls. Thank you so much. We appreciate All right.
3: it. All right. and, uh, so, we got Justin on the line. Apparently, he was asked to call. Do you know anything about uh, Justin calling him for some type of interview?
0: Uh, ju- uh, we we hey, had there was a couple folks there was a couple folks that were wanting to call in, but uh, I'm not fami- I can't remember the name Justin. Justin, well um, he's on
3: the line now. Justin, good morning. How are you doing?
5: Good morning, and for clarification, my name is Swift Justice.
3: Ah, Swift, Swift Justice.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Very I, good.
3: I was having a difficult time hearing with the uh, the noise in the
0: background. Yeah. So um. So to hear to hear. I, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce her name, but she had <laughs> sent me a press release um, from the Free Alabama Movement about a uh, prison strike in Alabama. And uh, so I asked her, you know, I was like, hey, we've got an open line Saturday. If you want to have somebody call in, uh, then, you know, uh, t- tell them to call in and, 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 and we can let you talk about it. So, so tell us what, you know, wh- just tell us what that press release said, basically, and, you know, what's going on
5: basically the press release is dealing with all the corruption and and the incidences and the issues that's been uncovered with the department of justice over the past few years, man. It's something that we've been working on for quite a few years, but even before the department of justice took their investigation on, uh, dealing with the overcrowding dealing with, uh, officer on inmate violence and inmate on inmate violence and the drug, drug epidemic inside the prison system. Uh, you know, the free Alabama movement, along with, uh, quite a few other organizations across the United States, man. We've been working to actually push what I would call real rehabilitation outside of what others, you know, outside organizers are calling reform. But we want we, we real change, man. And the only way that that's going to happen is for people in Alabama to actually see and take note of what's truly taking place inside of these prisons and uh, actually, you know, pay attention to what's going on. So... That's what we're doing, and, and we're going to be doing a, a economical boycott in, uh, on January 1st through January 31st here in Alabama Department of Corrections. Once of June.
0: yeah. So, uh, so I didn't realize that it was uh, that it was something that hadn't started yet. Uh, so, at uh, so then January 1st, um, some of the prison laborers in the Alabama prison system are going to be going on strike, and they're asking for for people not to purchase. Um, goods or services that are made with Alabama prison labor um, which would be a good thing not to do anyway (laughs) just generally I think probably but uh, so tell us you know you mentioned you said there have been some some things that have been uncovered by the Department of Justice um, and I think there is a because the prison system in Alabama is so opaque, most of us, including myself, really just have no idea what is going on there. Um, to, uh, elaborate a little bit. What 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 were the problems that were uncovered by the Department of Justice? Uh, what are the conditions that workers in the Alabama prison system are facing?
4: You oh,
5: know. What what people are missing about the what, what's taking place on the inside of these prisons, man. And, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's, it's this is a world within a world, man. And it's just so easy to cover up the issues that's taking place and to discredit those who are making these claims, which are the ones that are behind these walls. Mm-hmm. Well, the Department of Justice and, and, and through their investigation, they've uncovered they un- uncovered quite a few things, man. One of those man, one of those main issues that's really troublesome to me is. The denial of mental health issues. Yeah. Uh, you have inside of the Department of Corrections now a overload of mental health patients because of the shutdowns of of your mental hospitals throughout the uh, throughout the state. They have nowhere to put them, so now they they're just putting them inside the prisons. And you got to look at why they're doing that, and you know these actual gain that the state is actually making off of that through grants and through other other means of economical uh, gain. So, and the money's not going towards these things, man. And, and you take outside of the mental health issues, you talk about the conditions of the prisons, the sanitation. Uh, here you got inmates who make, make these uh, chemicals and make everything that goes on with the sanitation, and, and we don't even see that. So it's being, it's being an economical, economical gain. Somewhere else, and, and nobody's knowing where this money's going. Nobody's knowing where the chemicals, the chemicals are going. You say, for instance, the coronavirus epidemic. We're eight months deep into this, and here we are. We make our own chemicals, but yet we're getting less and less chemicals inside these prisons to actually help sanitize the prisons and, and keep us from catching them, yeah. catching this coronavirus. So-, so, and then you got, and then you got the violence issue, man. Alabama's been on the radar. Uh, through the nation for being the most violent prisons in the United States of America. And, and you got to look at the, how, how problematic that sounds when we are on one of the smallest prison systems mm-hmm. in America to have that kind of uh, violence here in an in, in, in institutional setting.
3: And I'm sure a so, lot of that. You
5: know, these are the things. Go you know, ahead. My apologies these are the things that we that, that have been covered up for years man and even through the department of justice investigation the department of justice found where adoc was covering up certain aspects of violence where whether it was on the professional office on inmates or whether it was on inmate on inmate, and they were calling these individuals dying or being killed mm-hmm. from natural causes so you know that's a big issue and how do you uncover that if the trusted people inside of these positions that you've been appointed by you know whether it be the governor or whether it be your elected officials are covering these things up
0: yeah yeah well and you know you mentioned the coronavirus and i don't know exactly how widespread it's been in the alabama prison systems but i know that in the texas county jails 80 percent of work uh, of inmates who uh who died from the coronavirus were not convicted of any p- crimes they were, they, they were being held waiting. pre-trial, yeah. uh, and 80% of the people who died of the coronavirus in Texas County jails were innocent. Literally, they were, you know, were supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, but they got the death sentence before they could even be tried. I mean, it's it's sickening, and no doubt, it's it's extremely bad in the Alabama prison system. How much do prison workers make in Alabama?
5: I mean, it's literally nothing. I mean, at the most, they may make they may make anywhere between forty dollars to forty five dollars a month.
0: A month for like a normal work week. They work 40, 40 hours a week. Correct. And, and you know, uh, the, the, the really the fun the, the
5: what you really don't look at on that aspect is let's just say that okay. There's people who agree with individuals making this kind of money. You know, it's, only, it's a minimum. It's $40 a month. But where is that money going back to? Hmm. That money is going back to the Alabama Department of Corrections and to yeah. their canteens and their stores. Yeah. So, and, and these prices that are on these canteens and stores are marked up 200% to 300%. Yeah. So these guys are walking away from these store windows with, I don't know, maybe 30, 40, 50 items of food.
3: Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's basically ex- exploitation at its finest. Ha, yeah. have, has anybody oh, no doubt. has anybody talked about uh, I walk in the in you know in that area and organizing with the IWW? Uh, you know, I know uh, me and Jacob both are wobblies and there is a program through the International Workers of the World that helps prisoners inside. Uh, organize themselves collectively and also provides a lot of material on organizing uh you know for for better conditions i don't i don't know if that's something y'all have heard about
5: yeah i mean yeah i walk is a organization that has been there with us for i mean since the beginning. Okay. Uh, man, and we got a lot of love for this uh, organization. Uh, we actually ha- uh, have a chapter about Walk in Birmingham now, so That's you awesome. know that is something that that we are. Uh, you know, we're, we're actually glad to have our Walk here in Alabama, and you know, it's not not just our I- Walk, man. We got Huntsville Huntsville area, man. Yeah, Huntsville area is really stepping up, man. We we Tahira and, and uh, mm-hmm. my brother Garrett who is doing these protests and stuff, uh, dealing with, with Walmart and, and stuff. Yeah. Right. Correct. Correct, man. You know, that, that is inspiring and, and, and we are glad to see the public, even though it's a small, small portion of people and younger people who are stepping up. Uh, we're glad to see some people here in Alabama start to get the spirit and, yeah. you know, move for us and speaking out for us. Because when you get done and said with it, our voices, can only be heard through other people unless, you know, situations like where I'm able to call in and talk about it for ourselves.
0: Yeah, brother. Well, you know, I was talking to Tahira, and, and I was asking her how much buy-in uh, that this is going to have from prisoners here in Alabama. And she said that she, she's expecting it to have a pretty good buy-in. And she said that in 2019 in the prison strike in Alabama, it actually shut down multiple facilities, and y'all were able to get correctional officers to go on strike with you.
5: And, and and that's very true. Uh, we don't. We have no expectation on how how big it might be. We just we call for it. We do what we do. Mm-hmm. We do not force people to do anything. It's just how much do these people on the inside want what we are asking asking for as far as in our demands, you know, and how much collaboration we can get with these individuals on the inside. It's a very hard thing to actually organize on the inside, especially Absolutely. on a peaceful on a, on a peaceful aspect. <laughs> Which yeah. that's, that, is our, that is our motto. We, are, we, are, we want the world to know that, look, we're not the animals that the media and the politicians yeah. have made us out to be. We are men, and mm-hmm. we are coming at you uh, on a peaceful uh, approach. Uh, we do not want to see 19, 1971 uh, Attica uprising mm-hmm. here in Alabama. But, you know, un- unfortunately, that's what we on the inside see happening.
3: Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, you want to be treated with respect and dignity. Yeah. I mean, every, if you're doing your part – you're doing what you've been asked to do then you know a little respect and dignity Mm -hmm. goes a long way self-respect uh i think it's important because this is the first time i've heard about it Uh, but what exactly can the people in the community do you know you're calling for a strike i think uh, it would be important to know what products uh we're striking mm -hmm. against Mm -hmm. so can you can you go into detail on that some and and uh, let everybody know what we're looking at
5: I mean, of course, man, uh right now, you know, of course you know the inmate labor is used on a variety of levels, but right now, what we're calling for uh, on the inside of here in Alabama is a labor strike and a boycott, not a labor strike, but yeah, but yes, a labor strike, but a boycott on the store items that is uh being sold on the eight, on the canteens uh, as well as union supplies, union supply supplies, the shoes uh, that we buy um. Access Direct, all these JPay, all these uh, companies that actually get money from from us to actually help incarcerate us, we want them to boycott that. You got to look at Securus. Securus has moved into Alabama, and Securus is the technology group that is controlling the phones and and now bringing in, uh, supposedly bringing in video uh, chats to actually eliminate visitation. Uh, contact visitation from these guys. And, and I, I think the public and, and these individuals on the inside do not see the bigger picture about Securus. Securus is one of the only uh, telephone groups that work with these prisons that actually requires them to remove the contact visits from from the institutions. So you got to look at how detrimental that's not only going to be for the inside individuals, but the outside individuals as well. And when I look at it, I'm looking at it from— my children's standpoint, I will not be able to touch my children ever again if they are successful in bringing these video chats in and not allowing us contact visits. Yeah. And the rehabilitation aspect for the guys on the inside to be able to actually hold on to the visitation and be able to touch their loved one, touch their child, mm-hmm. and hopefully, while they're on these visitation yards, redirect these children who have a 7 out of 10 chance of following them into their footsteps into a different direction. Right. Those are the big things that we're looking at. We want to see the school-to-prison pipeline uh, staunch. We want to see the recidivism rate staunch. We want these things
0: stopped. Yeah, Yeah. well, uh, you know, brother, I, I think you're doing doing really good work. Uh, we're coming up on, uh, on the break for the top-of-the-hour news right now. Tell folks where they can find out more about what y'all are doing.
5: Man, they can tune in to... Uh different aspects they can go on google and look up free alabama movement we are in the process of having outside organizers uh bring up a website to, to make it a whole lot easier but they can go on wordpress they can actually look up in google they can find many aspects of free world organizers working on facebook and twitter okay. so just google free alabama movement and uh It'll start it'll pop up on Google. okay I wish I had uh, more information for people to be able to find it easier and
0: but I apologize that Oh no worries, no worries. Thank you so much for the call. Folks look up the free Alabama movement. Uh, Swift, thank you for calling in. Uh, you have a good one, brother. Folks uh, stay tuned. We're gonna have some more calls. Oh on the other side of this break, this is the Valley Labor report.
2: Huntsville's number one news, talk, and weather station. WVNN Athens. WVNN FM Trinity. A cumulus station. It's 10 o'clock.
0: Let's go! All right, folks, welcome back to... The Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co host David Story. Today is the last Saturday of the month, which means it is Open Line Saturday. We're taking calls all day. 1 494 9866 is the number. We're coming to you commercial free, courtesy of the Alabama AFL CIO on the line. We've got George Hamilton called in. George is the president of the uh, International Federation of Professional and Technical Employees uh, of Professional and Technical Engineers at NASA. Uh, so, George, I appreciate you taking the time to call in. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good morning, all. Good morning. Morning, morning. So, uh, George, uh, you may not know this, but last week we talked to uh, another, uh, a sister from the same international as you. We talked to Kayla Blado. Uh, She's the president of the nonprofit professional employees union. Uh, And and so um, we, we talked some about white collar unionism, you know, why... Unions aren't just for blue-collar folks, uh, and you know, I, I wanted to, to get a kind of Alabama perspective on the same on the same topic. I thought that would be good. I thought it'd be you know be good for our listeners. We got a bunch of folks on the Arsenal uh, that listen to the show, uh, so you know, uh, George, you uh, you're the president of the engineers union at NASA. You, uh, wh- tell us a little bit about what you do, like professionally. What's your job over at NASA?
6: Um, so human factors engineering. It's what I came in the door for All right. a long time ago. Think base ergonomics.
0: All right. I don't know much what that <laughs> means. Yeah, <but> you, <laughs> got a, you threw us for a curveball <laughs> on that one. We're both going. It, wow. it
3: sounds like an engineering
0: job. Uh, <laughs>
6: how about fitting jobs to people? How about that? Yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: there you go. There you go. All right. And so... Um, so so you're the president of the engineers union at at nasa and and you know something that i I, am in the i'm in a another federal employee union i'm in afge and you know what so so you and i are federal employees and and you know one of the things that i get all the time and we're white collar workers both of us have college degrees and you know i get all the time well why do you need a union why do you need a union george
6: so i i would offer several several things um so uh we, we represent folks who are in trouble. That doesn't happen real often. But we can advise an employee on a response to a disciplinary action. And sometimes we get that reduced. Um, I would also note that we have the opportunity to help shape policy. Yeah. And, and we often hear what's going on before it goes down. Mm. And there are times when we get a heads up that our local HR folks have not heard yet.
3: Yeah, right. And and a, and a lot of and you, and it also gives you a say in your in mm-hmm. your envi- in your work environment as well. You know that's oh, yep one of does. the yep, one of does. the biggest things. One of the biggest benefits, as far as I'm concerned, is the fact that uh, you have that ability to uh, to push a more worker uh, oriented workplace, so a place that, that is more friendly to your to to what your your workers' needs are. You know and I'm sure covid brings up a very uh, a very important aspect of that and allowing people to work from home and things like that you know so I'm sure y'all have a big say in that as well
6: about so uh, currently about 90 percent of the civil service workforce is working from home yeah. and that's been since March
3: which is a great thing which you know protects yep. workers and, and allows them to continue. Earning a, uh, earning a living and, and keeping their family safe.
6: And not to mention uh, investing in the community because we got to buy stuff. Yeah, yeah. What kind of so – If I could just launch, launch into a few quick comments. So we're what? Local 27 at Marshall Space Flight Center. We represent the non-manager scientists and engineers. The bargaining unit is about 1,350 folks. And most of the rest of the civil service employees are represented by AFGE. We were chartered in the early 1970s after a botched reduction in force, or RIF. Um, And as I mentioned, NASA has two unions representing civil service folks, IFPTE and AFGE. More than half of the NASA employees are represented by unions. IFPTE has about 80,000 members We're small compared to AFGE at about Mm 700,000. We are international, as we have some Canadian locals. We've got three sectors, federal, that's us, NASA, TVA, Corps of Engineers, Library of Congress, immigration judges, Navy uh, civilians at shipyards, and the General Services Administration. You've heard about them recently in the presidential uh, transition. Yeah. Okay, so that's the federal folks. The second... Sector is state municipal workers, New Jersey Turnpike workers, for example. Our third section is commercial, and there uh, Boeing is, is the biggest, biggest union in our commercial section. Hmm. I so- would say that we have good relations with management. We get invited to some senior-level meetings, and we also meet with HR twice a month and our center operations leadership monthly. Both groups will answer a phone call or an email. We do an annual legislative week in uh, in D.C., and that sometimes overlaps with our AFGE brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, IFPGE has national consultation rights, so we review proposed policy, um, as, as does AFGE, right. um, and we work together with AFGE. Both groups are one local short for national bargaining rights. We're invited. We are invited to new employee orientation and new supervisor orientation, and we get our 15 minutes of fame there. Uh, Why join? As I mentioned, opportunity to help shape policy, is what's going on before it happens. Um, And and it's useful to have eyes and ears in the workforce. Many times um, our members will bring up something that's going on, maybe that's a little out of sorts, and, and we wouldn't know about that unless we had eyes and ears out in, out in the workforce.
0: Right, right.
3: You, you, you mentioned the RIF early on, and I'm yes, r- real interested in that because uh, I work at the Machinist Union over at United Launch Alliance, and, and we've tried uh, unsuccessfully a couple of times to bring in our engineers, and they're they're unorganized, and something that we see consistently – is the influx of young engineers, such as Jacob, who, who, who are good workers. But we, we've lost so much tribal knowledge. Uh, mm-hmm. we, you know, we see the, the older engineers being forced out, and sometimes not even forced out, just completely let go uh, to the company's uh, detriment. But they see it as cost savings because uh, they've got these young guns ready to come in and, uh, and, and work for half of what everybody else is working for. So do you all have the same protections as far as seniority goes? And, that, and that's something that I'm constantly preaching with the engineers is building that seniority to where you get to determine when you want to leave work, not relying on the company to say when you're going to.
6: So, so far, we we do have a seniority based rift system, and there are there are bump in recession rights. Um, uh, th- there have been proposals to uh, to change that. So far, those have not borne fruit.
3: That's awesome. That's great. I mean, that's good news because you definitely want to. Uh, that, that's one of the the driving forces behind labor movement in general, in my opinion, is is that ability to to uh, come in. If you come in early, then you get to stay however long you choose to stay, Mm -hmm. barring any, you know, uh, improprieties in the workplace, of course.
0: Yeah, well, and you know, George, one of the things, especially for federal employees, you know, our our wages um, and 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 things like that are set by Congress, and so we don't do. There's a lot of the bargaining that that you know private sector unions do that we don't do. Um, even though there are, there's lots of stuff at the local level that is still very important that your local and that my local does, but um, as far as the 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 you know the wages and stuff. It's important to have these national organizations that are run by and for workers, so that, like you said, we have that annual legislative convention that sometimes overlaps with uh, IFPTE, uh, and and we have we have worker lobbyists. I have lobbied uh, Alabama's congressional delegation on uh, workers' rights in the federal workforce, and you know we fought one of uh, Trump's budgets would have cut federal. Uh, federal worker pay it would have cut our leave it would have cut our health care it would have made it easier uh easier to get get rid of us and stuff like that and we went up there and we fought uh that that budget that he put out there uh no doubt with y'all and we were able to we, we were able to not only fight off pay cuts we gotta we gotta pay raise and you know things like that wouldn't be able to happen if we didn't have these concerted efforts by and for workers from across the nation you know i, I, I think and, stuff and i like would that's offer that
6: uh most of what we do in D.C. I would refer to as advocacy. And, um, you know, NASA, NASA's projects, uh, perhaps like Corps of Engineers, are rather long-term, mm-hmm. years to decades. And so we kind of have to go down the middle of the road. And so we go talk to our Democratic and our Republican uh, exactly. representatives. And uh, we, we basically talk about the things that we agree on. And we kind of go light on the things that we disagree on. Um, as, as you mentioned, Jacob, federal unions are a bit of a, a, a strange bunch in that we cannot strike and that we cannot bargain over wages. Mm-hmm. So I like to say that that leaves us with a couple of tools, and that's good ideas and shame, right. and we use each appropriately.
0: Right. Mm. George, It's it's been really great talking to you. I, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to give us a call. It really means a lot. Uh, tell folks... Um, that uh, say, let, let's say that we've got some, some people that are listening that work at NASA or they know somebody that works at NASA, how do they join your union?
6: Um, there, there is a form to fill out. Imagine that, a government
3: form. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we've all got forms we have to fill out.
6: <laughs> so so I, I think the short version is that they, they could contact me, um, 256-348-5181 or uh, it's probably the best way.
3: Okay. Yeah.
6: And, 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 and I would and look forward to, us there, to talking to him.
3: If people are out there driving in the car and don't jot that down, they can always message us at the show and we can put them in touch with you yes. as well. So don't 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 have a wreck trying to write that number right, down. not. Right. Yeah, so you can certainly
0: DM, not. DM, <laughs> certainly not. DM the page uh, and, and we'll, we'll get his number to you. So, uh, George, thanks so much for calling. Uh, we're going to let you go. So, so folks, uh, if you work at NASA... Make sure you get in touch with George if you didn't get that number. Uh, shoot us a message and we'll get it to you. He is the president for the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers at the Marshall Space Flight Center. Uh, George Hamilton. Uh, and on the phone,
3: we've got uh, Brother Jonathan Cruz down south. One of my, one of my fellow comrades in uh, in Dothan. I don't know what exact they got I, somewhere down south around Dothan, Fort Rucker area. How are you doing this morning, Jonathan? Good, good. How are you guys doing this morning? Oh, we're living the dream. Living the dream, as always. Glad you called in. What do you, you got going on down there at Fort Rooker this morning?
1: Uh, a lot of same old, same old. Uh, like I said, I appreciate y'all taking my call and awesome. want to wish everybody a, a happy Thanksgiving day weekend. Yes. And Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm sure uh, like most unionists in the area, I've been reading all the national news about the Amazon workers in the Bessemer area. And their attempts to organize with the uh with the uh retail retail workers union, retail wholesale and department store workers. Yep. So that's probably the biggest uh organizing drive that we got going in Alabama right now and it's uh I think it's probably gained the, national news because it is Amazon.
3: Yeah, it's probably the biggest organizing drive in America right now. We we've mm-hmm. been in touch with the organizer down there and we're gonna do some reporting uh live. On the day of the election, but mm-hmm. uh, you would not believe how many people are following that drive right now. And mm-hmm. I think how, like, like you said, how important it is, uh, not just in the state but nationwide. That yeah. I think it's wonderful. I yeah, think it, I it, mean now for it, us to be able to possibly organize the first Amazon workers mm-hmm. in the nation would be a uh, good feather in Alabama labor's hat.
0: I would, I would absolutely love it. And like David said, we've been in contact with the organizers there. Uh, th- you know, they're working. The other, uh, so I got an email from the president of that local. At like 3 in the morning, he replied to me. And he was like, you can tell we're, you know, we're working they're late. Working. Yeah. So they're, they're working hard. Uh, currently, you know, we've had a lot of people um, from across the nation ask how we can help. And they have not solicited any help from outside right now. You know, they're wanting to kind of keep it local um uh uh kind of avoid some maybe maybe some of some you know to a certain extent the spotlights inevitable but I think they want to be able to kind of get up close and personal yeah. but well, certain, they want to control the narrative they want to control the narrative and certainly um I have let him know multiple times anything at all that we can do uh from the Valley Labor Report from the Labor Council up here um union statewide you know we're all they got to do is snap their fingers, and you know we'll come there with bell side.
1: <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, that, that was kind of that was kind of my main reason for calling in today. I know I could reach a lot of uh, trade unionists by talking about this on the on the air, and just to encourage everybody, you know, if you if you're praying kind of folks, pray for them. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you're not, you know, uh, wish them well wishes or or try to help out however you can. And I know right now with the virus and everything, it's hard to actually put boots on the ground, but. Um, just emotional support, whatever they need, you know. Because this is yeah. this is huge for workers in the state of Alabama.
0: It would. The bargaining unit would be fifteen hundred employees. This is. I mean, this is the first drive at an Amazon facility since twenty fourteen, since the machinists messed it up. Oh, uh, God! <laughs> <shit. laughs>
3: I mean, we we have been known for messing up a few in the past. <laughs> I botched one a few years right. ago, so yeah. That's,
0: but yeah, I'm you just know, you I'm,
3: do what you can do.
0: Yeah, no, I no, I'm just it, it was it's Amazon. You know, you're going up against literally one of the most powerful corporations in the world. You know, uh, this I mean, and and I saw that Amazon has just retained a former uh, Republican member of the National Labor Relations Board yeah, for, their, uh, for their for their uh, union busting nonsense that that they're going to try to pull and you know and so these workers down there they are going to be you know amazon is going to throw the kitchen sink at them and and there are folks that will and and like there are folks I, i told somebody about this and they were like well why do they need a union and and like why wouldn't I mean, why wouldn't you, why, you know yeah. the, have you read literally anything about what happens at Amazon facilities I mean these places have three times higher than the national average injury rates uh, than, than similar warehouses I mean they have to pee in water bottles because their breaks are so sparse they recently cut the hazard pay program and since then Amazon has made 6.3 billion dollars in profits uh, they have this big brother type anti-union surveillance I mean this is like a distraction Dystopia. It's like, a, like, uh, I mean, like they live in a, in a dictatorial regime. Uh, you know, these folks need a union, and and Amazon is going to be doing everything that they can to uh, uh, to fight them on it. And so, you know, like, like you like you said, uh, brother Jonathan. You know, if you're praying, folks, you know, pray for these workers. Uh, I, they're certainly going to be in my thoughts. Yeah.
1: Right. Um. I mean, if anybody needs a union. It's, it's these folks uh, here in Bessemer yeah. at the Amazon warehouse. Um, yeah. It's just, it's well past time. I mean, mm-hmm. this, this needs to come five years ago, but I mean, I, I'm just glad that it's happening now and uh, I hope it goes through.
3: Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. And then you, you deal with a lot of the same thing that I do up here on a daily basis where you have a lot of, uh, I mean, in, across the entire state, we've got a lot of, uh, right-leaning, libertarian-minded uh, types in the state, and they're constantly, uh, you know, we hear it on this radio, so consistently bashing unions, but it's like you have to make a choice at some point. These folks at Amazon warehouses, these folks at Walmart, mm-hmm. their uh, Dollar General, the Dollar Trees, they are getting paid solo. They have no health care. They're a drain on, and I'm not saying anything bad. This is not meant to be negative towards those workers because everybody has to work somewhere, mm-hmm. but they are a drain own uh snap programs they're trained on medicare programs mm-hmm. uh you know they the 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 government subsidies are basically subsidizing these companies now they look at it and say all of these lazy workers and they're all working 40 hours a week don't tell me they're lazy anybody that's worked in that type of environment uh th- th- you'd be insane to call them lazy but the fact is Uh, Without unions either either they're going to get their benefits through the government or we're going to raise the wages for them to where they get off of those benefits So, you know the far the not the far right, but even the moderate right leaning uh, Republicans and Libertarians need to come to an understanding that Either we're going to do it through forcing these workers to pay fair wages and benefits or you're going to continue subsidizing them Mm -hmm. and and which is more efficient you know well, yeah. for certain we know the government's not efficient when it comes to anything but certainly on these subsidies and things like that so you know when you start making these claims that uh well why do they need a union why do they want better wages hey hey it's your money it's our taxpayer mm-hmm. dollars you want to keep paying them because at the end of the day jeff bezos is getting rich Jeez. by paying <laughs> yeah. his oh, yeah. workers slave wages and we are subsidizing His profits, and I just read last week that Walmart uh, I can't remember the percentage, was like 80% of the people at Walmart worked a full time job, yet they are most of them are on SNAP benefits. Mm -hmm. And they and Walmart has actually captured 18% of those SNAP, they control. 18% of those benefits getting spent at Walmart. So not mm-hmm. only are they sub- are we subsidizing their low wage workers, they're yeah. reaping the rewards of those low wage workers coming back to work for them and capturing those benefits.
0: Mm-hmm. It's and insane. and another thing, you know, you mentioned that folks are like folks are like, "Oh, well, you know, they don't need a, they don't need a union whatever." Why do they do? But an- another thing that I've heard is that well, if they want a better job why don't they just uh, uh, Why don't they just get a different job And and it's like what kind of bootlicking nonsense is that You're supposed to be a conservative, anti-authoritarian uh, You know, give me liberty or give me death kind of thing And your advice to somebody that wants better wages and working conditions is to walk out with their tails between their legs, whimpering and simpering to the next guy Like screw that Fight You know, stay there and fight Yeah.
1: Yeah, what about what about the next worker who's going to come in behind them, to take that job when they leave? They're exactly, exact same scenario.
0: I mean, just for and, so uh, many reasons, it it, it it's boot bootlicking. It's whimpering, and, and it, it 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 just shows like a fundamental lack of care and empathy for anybody other than themselves.
1: Yeah, I just want to say one last thing, and then and then I'll let y'all uh, get on to the next caller. But uh, I, for any of the Amazon workers who who may be listening out there, you know. Uh, I just want them to know that uh, there's, there's people out here in their local community who support them in this organizing mm-hmm. drive. There's going to be a yeah. lot of people who come out against it. Uh, probably the governor will write them letters
3: oh, to their
1: house saying, please don't do this. It's bad for Alabama. Yeah. That's nonsense. Yeah. They need don't to come mind. together, work together, and support each other. Yeah. And, and there are people in their local communities and further out in the state of Alabama who support their efforts in this.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Thanks so much for calling in, Thanks, brother, brother Cruz. It's certainly appreciate it. And we appreciate you listening hey. as well.
1: Thank you all for everything y'all do. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
0: So uh, the next caller we have on the line is Tahira, Tahira. right? Yes, Tahira right. is on the line. Uh, she is uh, uh, She is, is. the, I'm not sure what her title is, but she runs the Huntsville Bail Fund. Yes. Uh, and she was wanting to talk to us about that. So Tahira, what, what, do you have an official title with the Huntsville Bail Fund? And then tell us about what y'all are doing. And we got just so you know, we got around four minutes before the
3: top of the hour break. So, if we if need you hear to. the yeah, if you hear the music coming in, and you're, you've got more to say, then we'll come right back to you after the break.
7: All right, thanks for having me on. Uh, this is Tahira. I am now the president of Huntsville Bail Fund.
0: Awesome, fancy. Uh,
7: and Huntsville Bail Fund is a fledgling organization. We provide cash bail assistance and certain re-entry services to people uh, detained pre-trial in Madison County, um, and we are also announcing our big holiday bail action, Hello for the Holidays, which is designed to get people back with their families for the holiday season, but also address some of these major concerns we have at Madison County Jail uh, as it regards people having their labor exploited and then being left in this really unsanitary system.
3: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that's hard to believe anybody's labor would be exploited in the state of Alabama. Yeah. Tell us about what's going on there. Uh,
7: So first off, uh, most people who are detained at Madison County jail who uh, have worker duties are not paid. Um, these are entirely sort of volunteer positions. They may earn good time. They may earn uh, certain privileges, but they are not getting paid. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, this is fully extracting their labor with no profit participation at all. Um, and then you're also getting into the the conditions that people are just living under. I mean, we're getting reports of some Pretty concerning sanitary conditions.
3: Yeah, I can imagine um, you have, right now. I'm sorry? I said, I can imagine right now with the, with the COVID and everything else.
7: Yeah. Um, so, and the thing is, Madison County Jail and the jail system in Alabama in general is just so non transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're learning things as we are doing our bail work because we're actually able to interact with people face to face. And that's really the only way their stories are getting
0: out. Right, right. And now, you know, something I want to underscore for the audience is what y'all are doing is is people that are being put in the jails, people that are being put in the jails uh, awaiting their trial, they are still innocent because they have not been proven yes. guilty. These people are innocent. And the bail system, what it does is— if you have the money, you can wait outside of the prison system before your trial. If you don't have the money, if you're poor, you have to stay inside of the bail system because you don't have the money. You the, well, you are locking
3: inside of the bail system is a nice inside way of, of the saying you're in jail.
0: You're you're in jail. That's what I meant to say. Um, and 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 we're yeah, coming up no, on exactly. the holidays. Right, and 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 you know uh, we we've only got about about a minute left before before the break, so I, I'm I'm gonna I, I'm gonna talk for a little bit more, and then we're just gonna bring you on the other side of the break, uh, Tahira. So thanks for calling in. But uh, like I mentioned when we were talking to Swift, 80 percent of the people who have died in, K- in in Texas County jails were awaiting their trial. They are innocent. And so what Tahira and the Huntsville Bail Fund is trying to do for the holidays is they are uh, they are holding a fundraiser to pay for. bail for innocent people so that they can uh, be with their families during the holidays. I think that this is a very important thing. I think that we should support it. So she's going to talk to us a little bit more on the other side of the break about that and about where to go if you want to help innocent people see their families over the holidays. So stay tuned. This is the Valley Labor Report. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Storey and Jacob Morrison. Chores upon the land, a population burned up, let dry.
2: The marginalized multiply, and unite like to fight. You rake
4: of the will, and they're tearing you apart. The soil
2: you held sacred now blackened with, your blood.
3: All right, folks, welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. If you're just tuning in, we had Tahira, who is president of the Huntsville Bail Fund, on the line. And she was uh, doing a little bit to explain how people can help uh, get the people that are possibly waiting for bail home with their families for this this, uh, holiday. Tahira, welcome back.
7: Hey, glad to be on. Uh, so, people can help primarily by going to our website, hsvbailfund.org. Also, hsvbailfund on all social media. Um, that'll get you not only our donation materials uh, and our links but also educate you. Uh, We are doing a lot to try to push and understand what is happening with incarceration here locally in Huntsville and how it is affecting our communities here locally in Huntsville. Um, You can help by helping us share that stuff. Tell your unions, tell your churches, tell your clubs, tell your party. Um, the real, really big thing we read now, right now is to get our message out there and and let people know that the service exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and one of the, one, you know, if you follow our show regularly, uh, the listeners do, especially on social media, our intro pages, uh, the music that opens up every week is by Obed Edom, a local band that actually donates uh from Bandcamp donates a portion of those purchases to the Huntsville Bell Fund, so I think it's important to point out mm-hmm. a lot of the local folks in the community that have allowed us to use their music. They're doing great work as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, we we definitely need to be helping. Uh, uh, you know the the it's it's we are the most incarcerated country in the world you hear people consistently talking about china and russia as these totalitarian states yet we have more people in the prison system in america than, than these other countries uh, and you have to ask yourself why mm-hmm. you non-violent offenders spending you know 20 and 30 years in in the prison system and it's, it's very unfortunate
7: and i'll point out it's not just we have the highest incarceration rate in the world. We have the highest incarceration rate in history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in history ever. They're, yeah. I mean, uh,
0: se- I mean, seriously, we have 300 million people in America, and in China they have like a billion people or something. And and, and China is supposed to be this dictatorial authoritarian regime, and I'm not saying they're not, but they have three or four times more people than we do, and we still have more people in our prison than they do. We have more people languishing in uh, the uh, prison in the united states than the soviet union had in the gulags i mean you know it's insanity Like, give me a break, you, and, 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 and the people that are like freedom loving Americans are the one, you know, supposed to be, the people that are supposed to be like, like espousing this rhetoric of, of I love freedom, I hate authority, I hate the government. They're the ones that are pushing this nonsense, uh, locking up our brothers and sisters for, for no reason, for no reason at all, for smoking a plant. I mean, it's, it's sickening.
7: You know, half of all Americans have a loved one who's experienced incarceration. I mean, that is half of Americans. So this is not an issue that is is, is relegated to one particular sector of our mm-hmm. community or one particular class. I mean, this really is an issue where the community needs to come together in solidarity.
0: Yep. Right, yep. right, yeah, I, I I completely agree, Tahira. Uh, so um, you know, folks, if you want to if you want to donate, help innocent people see their families. Over the holidays, if you want to help innocent people see their families over the holidays, go to org. Is that right, Tahira?
7: Yes, and I would also like to point out, if you know someone who is incarcerated at Madison County Jail who is being held only because they are poor, because they are too poor to pay their bail, we have a nomination page. Please let us know. We would love to include them.
0: Okay. Yep. Tahira, thank you so much for yep. calling in. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. You're doing thank you doing God's work. Have a good um, afternoon. You too. You too. Uh, so folks, you are listening to. Uh, uh, the Alabama AFL CIO open line Saturday on the Valley Labor Report give us a call one 866 494 the phone lines just opened up for the first time since the show began we have had uh, call after call after call we've had about 5 calls today uh, so folks uh, give us a call give us something else to talk about we, we've run out of run out of callers run out of stuff to talk about one 866 494 is the number one thing that one thing that I, I had really no intention of
3: i had been doing some research on this and then with all of the callers today mm-hmm. talking about the imprisonment and the bell fund and things like that uh you know it's interesting to point out that this administration uh when i say the administration i mean the outgoing administration right, right. Uh, has been so uh you know preached law and order for so long uh you know the law and order and not only law and order but also we need to keep these rapists and drug cartels and all of these thugs out of america we need to build the wall and stop them uh have you heard of salvador Cienfuegos cepeda i
0: have not
3: have you not no but i wonder why that is because the media hasn't covered it Uh, But, you know, uh, General Zapata, the the Mexican National Director of Homeland Security, basically the Director of Homeland Security, in 2019, in October to about a year ago, was arrested traveling through Los Angeles and imprisoned on drug charges. Mainly... (laughs) Uh, helping facilitate the, uh, that what, what I read, helping facilitate hundreds of thousands of kilos of heroin and methamphetamine <laughs> in coordination with the H2 cartel in Mexico. Basically, he was using the military as a pipeline to import all of these drugs into America. He was arrested in October of 2019. Last week... Our great uh, administration, under the direction of Barr, released him. No, no, no charges. Dropped all of the charges, and allowed him to go back. Actually, they didn't allow him to go back. They flew him back to Mexico. You know this. This is the 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 term. They're always looking for the big fish. They want to catch these uh, low level dealers on the streets and get them to flip onto these bigger dealers and work their way up to where they had the big fish. Well, I don't believe the big fish got much bigger than Cepeda, and and they let him go. Even to, to the, I, I read several articles regarding the DEA was up in arms, The even the judge in Brooklyn said, you know basically that she did not understand what was going on but apparently there were you know that she trusted the government enough to uh, allow him to uh, to drop all the charges so we so you know when we talking about these bail funds and things like that and 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 the administration of law and order and, mm-hmm. and 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 they're preaching all of this build the wall stop all of these rapists and drug dealers yet they've got the biggest fish that you could it was literally the 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 highest level government official ever arrested on drug charges in America, mm-hmm. and Barr releases him last week and yeah. gives him a plane ticket back to Mexico and says, "Have a good day."
0: Yeah. Well, this is I'm, this is your administration of law and order. Yeah. Well, and and, and Ken Cuccinelli, uh, I, I believe it was, he has been he he was appointed to his um his. his uh position illegally like he he is not like the the government has ruled that it is illegal for him to be in the position that he is uh and yet he's still there uh so you know uh, operating illegally as uh, the DHS, uh, acting chief or something, so, something like that. Well, um, you've know, got a lot of acting. Everything. Yeah, there. I know, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of acting. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. For so, the
3: simple fact that they can't get anything through the Senate, even though it's right. a Republican-controlled Senate, well, I, and th- we can't get anybody right? pushed through. That shock- Why is that? It's not. I don't know. I don't understand. Because they, they but know but they, most but of the appointees have been an absolute yeah. abject <laughs> failure and in a joke.
0: Yeah, and, but they've been able to put all their, uh, their crazy judges, judges on. Yes. On. Yeah. Uh we got there to was call some her the Yeah, we got a caller on the line. There was something else that I was wanting to say about about the 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 law and order stuff but I, I done it done slipped my mind well we're, it's a joke yeah know yeah well it's it silly. Is. It's, it's, silly. it's silly it's silly we've got mark on the line uh, we were talking mark uh, was calling about uh, w- you know we had had uh, we had had a call from um, I'm not sure specifically which one but we've had a couple calls about the prison system here in Alabama we had Swift Justice call in to talk to us about the prison strike uh, that's going to be happening in Alabama uh, come January we had Tahira uh, president of the Huntsville Bail fund uh, calling to talk to us about getting innocent families um, or, or innocent uh, people to uh, pay their pay their bail to to allow them to see their families over the holidays, um, and so so he he had a question for us. So Mark, uh, what you got? Well, I'm
2: just kind of you know you got to say that that people are innocent. I get that they're innocent until proven guilty. That's correct. They are innocent. Get, well, but there's some people that go into jail that someone arrests that isn't necessarily. Innocent in the sense of if you get a DUI and you're above the legal limit and you're drunk, there's a little bit of uh, guilt there, I think.
3: Well, there's or guilt once it's proven. Yeah. There's guilt once well, it's proven. I, I mean, mean, we're we talking about, in a, in a we're talking, about I mean, you just can't order. let somebody out.
2: You just can't let somebody out just because they well, it's not necessarily they didn't break a law. I mean, you, well you, now I'm so, here's, I'm now, not,
0: so what, Mark, here's my problem with, with that. I don't have a pro if there are people <clears throat> that are dangerous, that are a threat to society, that uh, that that you're reckoning that they ought not be let out, then we should ha- we should just uh, we should just say that you can't get out. We shouldn't have a system where people that are poor uh, can't, uh, for, where people who are poor who are arrested for marijuana or something uh, don't have the ability to pay bail and they're stuck in the prison system, while rich folks who get arrested for a DUI are able to pay bail and go home and be a threat to society. What we ought to have is a system that has that that, that has nothing to do. With money and has everything to do with justice and safety and rehabilitation. If we want to talk about keeping society safe from people that are threatening to society, then we should evaluate the risk that this person has to society and say whether or not we can uh, afford to let them out of prison based on their risk to society. We should, wh- whether or not they can pay, should have absolutely nothing. Nothing to do with whether or not they can see their families over the holidays. I mean, I don't think that I don't think that's crazy. I don't. I think that's like I think I'm like a normal person with that opinion, right?
2: What do you What do you think as far as the money? When you see certain situations where people in those they have enough money to get drugs, they have enough money to get certain things. You don't think that that just because they're not necessarily managing their money Mark, well? A, Mark,
0: tell me, Mark, should any,
3: any, the point that he's saying? and and Jason, Jacob Jacob a little bit but the point that he is making is if it's a threat to society then we don't let them out yeah if they're not a threat to society then we let them out until they st- are able to stand trial and are either convicted or are not convicted it's as simple as that yeah. but this this bail this idea that if you're if you're if if you're Accused of committing a crime, and then you have to come up with ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. There's not a lot of people that can come up with that kind of money to get out of jail while they're waiting trial.
2: Well, do you, do you do you do you think that the the monetary thing, setting that up, is to punish the poor people, or is it a situation to where it's hopefully to try to deter them from getting themselves in that situation? Like I'm not rich, but I don't want to go out. I'm not, I don't go out and drink. I take you know, get friends to drive me home or to do something like that because I don't have ten thousand dollars to pay for a DUI. Yeah,
3: well, well I mean, the, I don't the, think mo- most people do, and I don't think most people go out with the idea that they're going to commit a DUI mm-hmm. on the weekend. Well, if you, I think if you, but if, but if
2: thing. you go out and pound a bunch of alcohol, you know you can't drive. I mean, yeah, I'm no, not, I I'm see, not see what you guys that, are saying, but, but, but what's the, the, the what's the, the what's the deterrent? The, the, what's the deterrent
3: is the, well, the, the deterrent is the is the jail time, but the deterrent is not. That you get arrested and then you spend two or three or four months waiting on a trial, mm-hmm. and if you don't have 10 to 15 to 20,000 dollars to pay for it, then you're stuck there. That's not the deterrent. For one thing, it's not fiscally responsible for, for taxpayers to support someone in jail.
1: Mm-hmm. When
3: they, if they're not a threat to society, let them out and continue working while they, while they wait for their trial. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thought okay, that I, I, we're just going to keep people locked up indefinitely waiting on a trial. And everybody knows if you do any research whatsoever, the the courts are absolutely backlogged. Mm-hmm. It's it's a drain on society. Even fiscal, I mean, even libertarians, even Republicans, if they open their eyes up, can can recognize it, that this, this is insanity and it costs us more money in the long run. Mm
1: hmm
2: but I, the thing you guys are what so what's the deterrent cuz what i hear this the deterrent is, this is the
3: jail time once yeah. you are convicted the the deterrent okay, but then is you guys, that we're just going to arrest people and put them and put them in jail and wait 6 months for their trial that's mm-hmm. that's that, but if you but if you but if you've listened to your show this morning
2: it's a situation to where let's make jail like a hotel and let's let them make a bunch of money and do all these things. You guys haven't done anything at a deterrent. I'd want to go there and stay if I had to live in a bad situation.
3: Well, I think w- when well, you consider make a bunch of money, I don't think making forty dollars a week could make bunch, any money. A bunch of money, but the point is, there they any money. In many cases, there's a family uh, that's out there that needs support. Mm-hmm. There could be, uh, in some cases, where the person that's being locked up has to pay spousal support. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know. It, if that money's going back into the spousal support to support the kids, and guess what? That takes a drain off of society because if they're not putting that money back into their spousal support or their child support, then who's going to make up the difference? We are hmm. through taxpayer dollars. Yeah. I mean, it's really it's the, it's the most fiscal responsible thing that you can do. And it's amazing to me that you have so many people arguing about it. I guess they're jealous that people are getting put in jail and may make $200 a week, a fair $6, $7 an hour wage job. Are you jealous of that?
2: No, no, I'm not jealous. But I think if I live a life, I teach my kids. Can y'all let me talk for one second? I teach my kids and I teach, you know, people around me, you live a life where you don't do that kind of stuff. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Absolutely. But if it's a
2: situation, you know, I take care of my kids. I, I am divorced. I pay child support just like anybody else. I'm not rich. But I keep myself in a situation where I don't do anything that's breaking the law.
3: Yeah, well, that you know of. I'm not jealous. That you know of because there are laws out there that. Well, I mean, I'm sure he see. Oh, come
2: on. I know I'm talking. We're here talking about I don't do drugs. I don't go get DUIs. I don't do anything that breaks. The law. I mean, me you made want to mis- it to you've make your story sound better,
3: mis- you never made a mistake in your life.
2: I've never done anything that criminally I could go to jail for. No, sir.
3: That's amazing. I mean, you're one of the very few because even myself have made oh, mistakes in my you know, life. There's
2: and- a bunch of people out there that don't break laws. Okay, that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't see, I, I don't understand, uh, Mark, thanks for your call. I really, I, I do appreciate it. I, I appreciate folks, uh, with, with different opinions, but you know, I don't think I really like, I really struggle to see what it was that, that we said that was crazy. Like what we've said so far, basically what we've advocated so far, uh, on the show today, um, w- with respect to the prison, uh, uh pr- criminal legal system is that, is that one <clears throat> people, uh, the, the conditions in the prisons should be sanitary, uh i th- uh you know i think that's reasonable uh another is that they should be compensated uh for their labor I don't think I don't think that's unreasonable uh, that, that people who work should be compensated for their labor, uh, that people who are not a menace to society, who are not a threat to society, uh, should not be held indefinitely before their trial uh, because they are poor, because they can't afford to pay bail while rich people can get arrested and pay bail just as soon as they, they uh, go in the prison doors. Um, or like you know, we
3: talked just a moment ago with Cepeda. Or, or yeah. they
0: can just get sent I, back. I mean, yeah. we just say, ah, oh, don't don't worry about it. I we'll mean, I don't think I don't the think these are I don't think these are like radical things. I think these are just like these are reasonable, fiscally conservative, justice oriented. Like like I you know just normal people. I want society to be good opinions. I've got some more I've got some more like radical opinions on the criminal legal system. Uh, but I don't want to go into them right now, but what we've said today, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't think I don't think it was crazy. I I feel like it's just normal stuff that we're talking about. We are um, continuing with our open line Saturday. We've got about 8 minutes left. If you want to give us a call, 866 494 9866 is the number. 866 494 W V N N we are coming to you commercial free, courtesy of the Alabama AFL CIO. Uh, we do not have any commercials save for the top and bottom of the hour news breaks. Uh, we generally have a lot more. Co- we generally have commercials. We have some sponsors that we appreciate. Not running those commercials this week because the Alabama AFL CIO has sponsored the show today so that we can take more calls. Um, and specifically, hopefully, about unions so if you've got a question about unions give us a call one 494 866 494 9866 yeah we got about we've got about eight minutes left in the show so not a whole lot of
3: time left but we can answer a quick call or two mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. want to get on the line talking about how the people in the prison are doing better than you yeah it's probably not the best time to call but you know that's it's insane man i mean it's really it's it's yeah, it's I don't know. Fresh, it's heartbreaking for me to listen to people call and make these arguments. And, and it's it's just like the argument when when Brother Cruz was on the line a while ago with the Amazon workers. Mm-hmm. You have so many people that just hate in the world. And 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 they say, oh, why do you need unions at Amazon? Because, you know, they're, they're thugs, they're Democrat supporters, this, that, and the other. And it's like... I don't want anybody on food stamps, but I don't want anybody to—I don't want anybody to make mm-hmm. a fair wage to where yeah. they don't have to be on food stamps. I don't want to subsidize anybody's health care, but I don't want to force the workers to the the employers the have, to yeah. to pay a living wage to where the the employees can can uh, have health care. I, I don't want these people in jail. To be sucking up my taxpayer dollars and have cable or have anything, you know. But yet, we don't want them to make a fair wage whenever mm-hmm. they're in and be able to support families that they may have. It's just I it's mean, a well, constant contradiction. I, yeah, and and it's and it, and it goes back to the to the. It's just it goes back to you just don't give a crap about no. I almost said it. <laughs> I know I that know you, you did. don't give a crap about nobody but mm-hmm. you and yours, yeah. and this is just. It's really unfortunate to hear my fellow citizens out there make those arguments.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, D- David curses like a sailor, so it's amazing that he hadn't got us kicked it, it, off it the air. It really yet. is amazing. But, I, I do um, my best. <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, I it really it, it does like, you know, I like I said, I've got some radical opinions about the criminal legal system, but it does <clears throat> genuinely like it startles me that we've got people that, that there are people that will argue for the status quo, knowing what we know about the criminal legal system in America, knowing that we have more prisoners, uh, locked behind bars, uh, than any country in the world right now, than any other uh, dictatorship, authoritarian regime. We've got more laws in America. I have mean, got more just laws in America.
3: Look at the Constitution. It, at the Constitution. And, and We've had it on the daggum ballot yeah. this past month. Yeah, oh, the yeah. Alabama Constitution. Well, let's rewrite the Constitution yeah. because we still got racist language. and mm-hmm. the, There's mm-hmm. so many laws, and anybody that says I don't break the law well, is an absolute flat-out yeah, liar. Yeah, well,
0: I mean, what's, what you know? You what don't do you reckon, knowingly what, break what, the law. Yeah, well, I I mean, what do you reckon the over/under is that he smoked pot before? I mean, I don't know. you know, I'm not going to make a joke I mean, all on top i, I mean, like that. I'm but just, everybody's
3: sped. Everybody no, ev- has done something. Yeah,
0: I mean, but but like like seriously, I, uh, uh, in Huntsville, in Huntsville. Black folks are eleven times more likely to be arrested for marijuana possession than white folks. In Huntsville, this is our backyard. And uh the study after study after study after study has shown well, white folks well, half the other states
3: in America is legalized yeah, it or no. decriminalized it or made medical marijuana. I mean, and we,
0: and we've got a, and we've got people We
3: arrest people I just listened yesterday, we arrest people that just happen to be driving through the state mm-hmm. with marijuana and America medical marijuana marijuana card yes. and we put them in jail even though they're a, recognized a by disabled other veteran, yes, a it's disabled veteran. A disabled
0: veteran, a disabled veteran from another state who had a prescription for medical marijuana was arrested and tried and convicted and sentenced to 5 to 6 years in the Alabama prison yeah. system That's uh, a because of our offender. backwards uh, antiquated nonsense laws on marijuana, a disabled veteran came, came through here and he hasn't gotten a pardon, pardon, uh, from, from the governor and from, won't and won't and, and won't. won't that. Yeah. Or Trump. Um, you know, people talk about him uh, being a criminal justice reformer. You know, he could, he, he could, he could, as he's gone, uh, he could, as he's going out, he could release every single nonviolent, uh, Mer- uh drug uh, p- person who's in prison for nonviolent drug use he could immediately give them a pardon as he's going out and he would be that he would have done more good in America the, than than almost any other president if he just did that The problem is.
3: When you've created all of these privatized prison systems where a corporation owns a prison system and they're making money off the backs of the workers, Mm -hmm. and in many cases they have written agreements with the states to where the state has to maintain a certain Mm -hmm. percentage of people in that prison, it's an exploitative system. Mm -hmm. They are using that and they're not going to release them because you know why? Because if they were, if they get down below the 80% requirement that those, the Mm -hmm. 80% level of, they lose funding. Exactly. Then then the state has to start paying the difference. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's a incentive for, The state to keep people locked up in prison because guess what we we've already signed a contract that says if we don't maintain eighty percent, then we've got to make up the difference. Yeah. Well, then we. We're not going to pay it. We're not going to force the taxpayers to pay it. We're Mm -hmm. going to start putting more people in prison. And people can say that's conspiratorial, but if you go out and look, that's the absolute fact of what's happening in all of these private prison systems. And and I just heard this past week we've got three coming to the state of Alabama. Three privatized prison systems coming to the state of Alabama. (sighs) Wonderful. (laughs)
0: folks we're uh, we're gonna be coming off the air here in a second so I'll just I'll just plug this again as, as we're going off the air you know we, we really appreciate folks uh, folks that are listening to the show uh, folks that have called in today we've had a lot of calls today and we do appreciate um, you know being able to have these conversations with people that disagree with us on, on some issues uh, we appreciate the ability to kind of illuminate some, some of these issues um, for to, to allow people to hear a different perspective than they normally hear um, and, uh, and so if you want – if you think that what we're doing is valuable, if you think it's interesting at least, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. That really helps us to stay on the air. If you want a local Alabama USA union-made hat – dm the page and i will send you the form to fill out uh we uh they are thirty dollars very reasonably priced for alabama usa union made hats uh very good stuff so make sure you dm the page for that if you were a patron of the show before august 22nd you get a free hat make sure you dm the show for that uh and with that I will sign off, folks. This has been the Valley Labor Report. Make sure you follow us on social media, on YouTube, and we'll see you next week.